Campfire Classics is a classic literature podcast. However, your hosts will occasionally use not-so-classy language and immature humor to describe very mature situations. As such, listener discretion is advised. Hi, I'm Ken Sandberg. And I'm Heather Michelle Lawler. Welcome to Campfire Classics, where we try to read those books that look really good on your shelf. I'm begging, begging you, put your loving hands out, baby. Yes, so this will apparently be a very musical episode. Always fun when we start right off the bat with a song. I mean, I am literally sitting in a music studio right now, so yeah, it seemed appropriate. And the Jersey Boys are rehearsing down the hallway from me, so So it just just, feels right. Just being thematic, that's all. Just, just, you know, that's where my brain is. Yeah. So, <laughs> At least um, I didn't sing Footloose. For, so. for our uh, regular listeners, you'll be getting all of the songs that we sing throughout this episode in real time, just as you always do. And for our platinum listeners, you will also get to watch the dance routines that we do along with them. But that's only if you have managed to join our secret platinum membership. Which is also known as Patreon. And I'm, well, I don't really want to say that because now we have to put something on Patreon. Nope, that's not the joke. (laughs) The joke is that the, the platinum members are also getting to watch me record this entire episode while standing on my head. I am very impressed by that. Thank you. Ken. Thank yes. you. It's it's pretty good. Um, I did a I did a backflip to get into my seat and I just decided to stay upside down. And so that's that's if you're hearing something strange about my voice, that's what it is. Um, oh, yeah. 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 I find visual jokes work really well in an audio podcast. Always. Always. <laughs> I mean, I am in full drag makeup right now and no one no one even can see. Which is a strange choice, but I think it reads. I think it's um, adding to the quality of the show. I've been enjoying Glow Up and Face Off recently, which are reality shows about makeup artists. So, you know, I'm just, you know, testing my testing my skills. Great. <laughs> Any important or secret tips that would surprise our listeners? Um, I did learn that when you do eyeliner, ladies or gentlemen, you can you should either only do at the halfway mark or all the way. But anywhere else you stop, like cuts off your eyeliner or something. I didn't know that. Um, you know what's weird? You knew that? I did. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I never thought of it as the halfway point. But whenever I'm putting eyeliner on, I look straight ahead and I start it right under my pupil and go to the outside and right under my pupil and go to the outside. And that's roughly the halfway mark. Well, babe, you know more about makeup than I do. Yes. <laughs> well, Everything I guess technically I know that now. So I guess we know the same. Oh, but I, I shared was my one thir- makeup secret. I was today's or I was like a couple weeks ago, years old when I found that out. <laughs> and I was like, huh, no one ever told me that. <laughs> the more you, you know, the more you love. I just made a really creepy, weird, dissonant harmony. there. <laughs> yeah, I've been singing a lot of Sondheim and Cy Coleman this week. So jazz chords are on the brain. <laughs> Cool. I was also just doing The More You Know. Well, I know. And then I made it a new song. Yeah. (laughs) I know. I was just making it up. (laughs) So, yeah, uh, if you haven't figured it out, I am in Tampa, Florida, 
um, again, as we were last week, but this time I am in the studios at Norwegian. Um, They've actually started putting you to work. (laughs) They have put us to work. Um, uh, Now, I want to say this explicitly. Nothing that is said or uh, read or done on this podcast is condoned by Norwegian Creative Studios. (laughs) That's fair. Um, Very little of what is read or done on this podcast is condoned by me. Well, yeah. (laughs) I'm using the space, but that doesn't mean that they are even like aware of our podcast, even though we are very popular. (laughs) Oh, so popular. Uh, So so I think we should try something this week. Okay. Um, We're going to call this a uh, a new listener drive. Ooh, I like it. Um, I haven't decided how it works yet. Okay. Uh, well, that'll be fun. I, it just occurred to me to do this um, about halfway through saying it. So uh, I don't know what it means. But our goal is um, if you are a new listener to to this podcast this week, please let us know. Uh, shoot us an email at 5050artsproduction at gmail.com. 5050artsproduction is our our parent uh, production company production or company. message us on Facebook or Instagram or Twitter or whatever other social media you might be able to reach us on or uh, track down our website campfireclassicspodcast.com and uh, drop us a line let us know that you're listening for the first time this week um, if you are not a first time listener tell five friends they're supposed to listen to it and if you don't we'll know because no one will email us uh huh. Oh, you're all on the spot this week. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and that's it. That's that's everything I got. Uh, yeah, I, I like that new new listener drive. Yeah, dig it, dig it. Help us out. Help us find new people. Yeah. Do you have any other news for this week? New news. Um, no. Okay. <laughs> cool. Um, should we just like get into it? Sure. So uh, if you are one of these new listeners that we are actively seeking, then what you have probably figured out by this first six minutes of audio is that we are a literary podcast. <laughs> Clearly. I mean, Obviously. I mean, the highbrow, the highbrow um, educational words that come out of our mouths. Clearly. <laughs> so what we do every week is take turns reading stories, sight unseen. And this week, Heather has chosen a story for me to read. So she's going to email that off my way so that I can read it to you and probably butcher a lot of words and, and do a really terrible job at some accents. But first, uh, Heather has done some research into some fun facts so that before we ruin a great work of literature, we can at least... <laughs> Put up some you. semblance of educational, important, and worthwhile material. Yeah, I mean, we like to learn things while we also make fart jokes. So it's that's how it goes. Uh, so this week we, um, I, I picked I picked a story, and I actually like I had a few in mind, and then this morning something happened to me that made me choose the story I chose. Now it is by an author we have read before. Okay. So for fun facts, I decided to do something very special because when this episode drops on Tuesday, it's Ken's birthday. Da, this is da, true. Da, da, it's Ken's birthday. Happy birthday to Ken. So if you're a new listener or an old listener, you should send an email or a message on our social media just to say happy birthday to Ken, first of all, because October 12th, his birthday. Yay. Hey. 
So what I decided to do instead of fun facts about the author or anything to do with the story, because I don't know what the story is about, I just did traditions of birthdays in different countries around the world. All right. <laughs> so complete because we've done we've we've done all the fun facts about this person. You know, it's sure. like great, let's great. just take a let's take a break and uh, and celebrate your birthday. All right. So. We all know the birthday traditions in America, even though not all of our listeners are American. Um, we have the blow the candles out, make a wish, um, you know, birthday presents and have a birthday party. I mean, you know, boring. Um, but here's some funs. Here's some funs ones. Funs ones. That's <laughs> that's good. Uh, in Canada, which so our, our lo- lovely neighbors to the north. Our Hello. socialist neighbors to the north, yes. Yes. Oh, who, they're so, so good. Who are celebrating their Thanksgiving the day before my birthday, Monday, October 11th. Yes, and uh, also which is Indigenous Persons Day in America because we don't celebrate that other guy anymore. Oh, yeah. yeah. Italian Conqueror that, Day, that one. Yep. Yes. Italian. Uh, I got lost on my way to India Day. Yeah. It, uh, it genuinely so, took me a minute to figure out what you were talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so Canada, uh, to ward off bad luck, the person celebrating their birthday has their nose greased, usually with butter, by friends and family. <laughs> All right. Well, I will be arriving at what will be my new temporary home, and I will ask if Kim is willing to rub my nose with butter. <laughs> She's going to be like, why did we agree to have this man <laughs> I'm from Minnesota. That's basically Canada. So you have to. It gets weirder. So in Jamaica Mm -hmm. is also a food, uh, food messy tradition. Um, Jamaicans throw flour on you at your birthday in what is called antiquing. And it is usually done when you're not expecting it. So like you're just wandering around on your birthday and they throw a fucking like shit ton of flour at you. A nightmare for the gluten free population. (laughs) Yeah, right. It's like, no, I have celiacs. Fuck. Uh, uh, In Argentina, Mm -hmm. birthdays in Argentina are celebrated with tea sandwiches and sweet pastries um, called masas. Uh, Children also get tugged on their earlobe for every year they are old. So it's kind of like the spanking tradition, like you get spanked that many times. Which I never loved. Um, no, I mean, that's kind of a, I'm like, that's a, that's a, a demented or kinky. I don't know what it is. Like, well, I mean, if that's your relationship, cool, but you don't need a birthday as an excuse then. And if yeah, it's not your relationship, it. it's weird. Um, but also you do, you do hit a point where like. When does that stop? Is it at 18? Or do you start it at 18 when they're illegal and you probably shouldn't be spanking random people under the age of 18? I'm just thinking, like, (laughs) by the time I'm celebrating somebody's 35th birthday, my hand's going to get tired. It's like you have to go to, like, grandpa's birthday and it's like, God, this is just going to take. I mean, you thought Jesus got lashed too many times. All afternoon. (laughs) That's a whole different definition of afternoon delight right there. Or is it the same definition? That is the question. Depends on your relationship. (laughs) Um, Then we have uh, in China, they eat a plate of long noodles on your birthday, and that is supposed to help you bring help bring you long life. Okay. So, so the longer the noodles, the better your wish, basically, kind of situation. So so far, I'm getting my nose rubbed in butter, having flour thrown at my face, so it probably sticks to the butter. Eating tea cakes, getting my earlobes pulled, and eating a plate of spaghetti. 
Yep. Okay. All yep. right. <laughs> so far, so, so far, good. this is actually a pretty good day. I challenge you to do all these things tomorrow just for fun. Um, uh, in India, since we were just talking about India with Mr. I Got Lost on the Way, um, after singing the birthday song, the special birthday person cuts a small piece of cake and feeds it to the guests. So like goes around and like hand feeds it to the guests. Um, and they usually start with their closest family. After everyone's had a bite, the guest takes turns feeding the cake to the birthday person. So again, can be messy and fun. It's like kind of like the wedding tradition yeah. of like shoving the cake in the face. There's a lot of messy. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of messy going on. Well, it's because uh, people are afraid to genuinely celebrate their emotions. So they do it in ways that are destructive and messy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, in Israel, we take a, uh, a departure from the food theme. Oh, and thank God. We go- I'm so tired of eating. <laughs> Oh, I just actually, my stomach just growled. Like, I'm like, ooh, I'm going to eat some dinner after this. Yeah, I'm probably going to be ordering Domino's while I edit this. Yes, you are. In Israel, the birthday child wears, this is a youth tradition. Uh, The birthday child wears a crown of flowers or leaves and is raised sitting on a chair the number of times at their age. So very much like a Jewish wedding. Right. (laughs) Um, But also on the child's third birthday, so very specific for the third Mm -hmm. You receive your first haircut. Oh. So up until then, you're just a dirty hippie. <laughs> um, that was, A, about the time I got my first haircut. I had very, okay. very long, very curly, very golden locks. Yeah. But again, I find myself wondering, with the chairlifting, at what age does that stop? Because like, by the time I was 15, I was north of 200 pounds, and that's a lot of heavy lifting. Well, I mean, they do it at weddings for grown-ass people. Yeah. So I guess, you know, I think people in Israel just fucking jacked. Man. <laughs> <laughs> it's, like, it's like, you. so instead of going to gym class and learning how to climb the rope and play kickball, there they just, like, lift chairs. Shoulder presses all day years. long. Yeah. Shoulder presses all day. Like... Um, and let's see, I, I, uh, we're going to keep going. Uh, in Ghana, uh, children are woken on their birthdays to eat fried sweet potato patties called Oto. Yum. <laughs> that sounds amazing. That's a potato pancake. Yeah. It's like, good morning. Eat this. <laughs> um, so then we have Australia, which I actually knew this one because okay. I watched people do it in Australia. Uh, children eat fairy bread. Which is kind of like a butter, like it's like a, it's almost like a cupcake, but it's like, um, but it has sprinkles all over it. So they call it fairy bread. Right. <laughs> yep. Put sprinkles um, on anything, it becomes fairy. I mean, really, yes. <laughs> Put sprinkles on me and I fly away. It's, Tinkerbell. It's true. If you see me on the street tomorrow, um, throw sprinkles at me and watch me fly. <laughs> So then uh, for our last fun fact, there are many others, but, um, uh, you know, we want to get to what we'd actually do here. Um, so in Germany, because Germans, it is bad luck to wish someone happy birthday on any other day but their birthday. Well, that's fair. So if you, go up, so if you get their birthday wrong, like you basically fucked them over. <laughs> so if you really dislike someone, you would just go in Germany, you just go up to them when you know it's not their birthday and be like, Happy birthday. <laughs> For the record, if 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 you and I are friends on Facebook, 
this is a big part of why I don't wish very many people happy birthday <laughs> on Facebook. It's because I know that I have a couple of friends at least who have lied on Facebook about yeah. when their birthday is. And mm -hmm. I don't want to wish you happy birthday on a day that isn't your birthday because that seems super shady to me. Yeah. So if if you're ever wondering like, oh, it's my birthday and Ken didn't say happy birthday to me, it's because I got the notification on Facebook and went, but is it? <laughs> is it really? So they also have another thing. So this is for you. Also, the uh, single men over 30 sweep the steps of their local city hall while friends throw pebbles in their path. <laughs> this is to show that the man is unattached and eligible. I'm like, wait, so they like do a light stoning of this man? And good at sweeping. It's like, <laughs> yes. ladies, I can clean ladies, the house. I can clean the house and I like a little bit of a beating. <laughs> <laughs> Um, uh, yes. And then he goes so, home and bakes his own birthday cake and it's like, and I bake too. You're uh, welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> Ladies, can I make you a cherry pie <laughs> and then clean your living room? Yes, you can. I saw you sweeping at City Hall. <laughs> it was so hot. <laughs> So, speaking of demented, demonic, weird traditions, today, so those are your fun facts that have really nothing to do with the story. Today, when I was going through Dunkin' Donuts for my breakfast on my way to rehearsal, mm -hmm. my total at Dunkin' Donuts, and they had a screen up, I took a picture, it is on my Instagram. Oh, I saw this. The total was, the total was 666. Which really is an unreasonably <laughs> large Dunkin' Donuts order. What were you ordering for $666? <laughs> Like, did you just, all did you just decide donuts. to buy all of their donuts? I bought donuts for the entire creative studios. All right. Yes. <laughs> and how many shows are rehearsing at the moment? Uh, two. Oh. <laughs> so. Well, three. Three. So you, you got a lot of um, donut obsessed overeaters is what I'm hearing. Yeah, I meant more like it's $6.66, but you know, like, you know, donuts. <laughs> I know, but that's not funny. Not the joke. God damn it. <laughs> Why don't you ever just play along with my jokes? I did play along and then I corrected it. <laughs> so because that happened to me this morning and I laughed out loud and the cashier lady didn't understand my joke when I went, wow, 666, six, six. does that mean I'm going to have a good day or a bad day? And she was like, okay. <laughs> she did not understand. Um, I have picked a... A story by Guy de Montepoussin. Oh, Lord. Who All we, right. Who we have done, who we have read before. Yep. Uh, we did The Necklace. Yes. Which was one of my mom's favorites. Okay. And this story is called, appropriately, The Devil. All right. <laughs> I confess to being nervous about that one because I had some... Um, I had some emotions after the necklace, so I'm I'm uh, I'm nervous <laughs> no, to see where no. this one goes. Which was like my mom's favorite story that we yeah, ever read. Which is read. fine. Yeah. It's it's a it was a great story, but I had some emotions and having just closed Pride and Prejudice and said goodbye to all of my new friends and loved ones. <sighs> I'm feeling a little hey, emotionally fragile anyway. 
Yeah. Let's find out. All right. Let's, let's find out. start if this. If you remember, oh. if you remember, Guy de Montepassant had syphilis, so we don't know what was coming out of his mouth. <laughs> So if you'd like to go back and hear some actual fun facts about our author, Guy de Montepoussant, you can listen to episode 48 in season one, Naked Stew. <laughs> um, and we, we give some details, including the fact that he had syphilis at, you know, for quite a while, as most people did at that time. Yes. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't know if I acknowledged it at the time of that recording, but um, you want to go ahead and say his name again? Guy de Montepoussant. Yeah, that's right. Um, so uh, a fun fact about Guy de Montpoussant is that oh, Heather shit. likes to add a fuck ton of letters to his name. Because it's French and we all know I'm really good at it. <laughs> <laughs> Guy de Montpoussant. I do remember there that. There we go. I do remember that. <laughs> Guy de Montpoussant. Yep. Yep. Right. Because oh, and, I'm and pretty sure I made the literally joke. Literally in the show notes. Yes. Literally in the show notes, it says a name which Heather chose and still never managed to pronounce right. Yeah. I'm fairly certain we also made the joke last time that his name sounds like Guy of My Pussy. <laughs> it absolutely does. And if... If that joke didn't make it into the final cut last time we read him, it's definitely sticking welcome. in this time. Yeah, that's what she said. <laughs> Guy of my pussy is definitely sticking in this time. It's right. definitely sticking in this time. All right. On that note, I think we should Let's start, start this fire. fire. The Devil by Guy de Montpassant, translated by Albert M. C. McMaster, or possibly Albert. I don't know if he was French or English. Yeah. Or with a name like McMaster, probably Scottish. Or, you know, American from there originally. Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> the peasant and the doctor stood on opposite sides of the bed beside the old dying woman. <laughs> Happy birthday! <laughs> she was calm and resigned and her mind quite clear as she looked at them and listened to their conversation. She was going to die, and she did not rebel at it, for her time was come, and she was 92. I mean, back that's when a I mean, lot he was of writing spankings. in the, a lot of spankings and flour, and uh, um, the Irish tradition, which I did not read, is you hang the person upside down and bonk their head for every year. <laughs> yeah. Well, no wonder nobody lived past their 80s. <laughs> like dropping people on Jesus their head on purpose. <laughs> yeah. What in God's Birthday name? Traditions kind of are weird. ass tradition is that? It's fucked up. <laughs> like seriously, by the time you turn 50, you're probably going, you know what? This is it. This is my last one. I'm done. I'm, I'm done. I don't want to make <laughs> it to 51. That is actually the root of when women started being like, um, I don't age above 35. It had nothing to do with the fact they didn't want to get older. They just didn't want to get bonked on the head for more than 35 times. Right, right, right. So you just start celebrating your 12th annual 29th birthday. Exactly. So it's like, oh, it's just 29 today. Sorry, no, y'all. It's, it's not because I don't want to be older. It's because I'm afraid of getting a concussion. Because I'm terrified. God damn it. <laughs> 
The July sun streamed in at the window and the open door and cast its hot flames on the uneven brown clay floor, which had been stamped down by four generations of clod hoppers. The smell of the fields came in also, driven by the sharp wind and parched by the noontide heat. The grasshoppers chirped themselves hoarse and filled the country with their shrill noise, which was like that of the wooden toys which are sold to children at fair time. The doctor raised his voice. <laughs> Those are, that's terrifying. Like the things you win from like the carnies? Yep. <laughs> okay. Yeah, so the crickets <laughs> are all sounding like carny toys, um, which means this is already the most terrifying story we've read. You're welcome. <laughs> Ew. Ew. Why are these crickets so sick? <laughs> the doctor. They need a throat lozenge. Well, I mean, you try going. All day long. Eventually, you're going to need a throat lozenge, too. <laughs> That's what she said. <laughs> Guy of my pussy. <laughs> you're welcome, by the way. The doctor sex raised fly, his voice and said, Honore, you cannot leave your mother in this state. She may die at any moment. And the peasant, in great distress, replied, But I must get my wheat, for it has been lying on the ground a long time, and the weather is just right for it. What do you say about it, mother? And the dying old woman, still tormented by her Norman avariciousness, replied, Yes, with her eyes and her forehead and thus urged her son to get his wheat and to leave her to die alone <laughs> why does she have his wheat <laughs> and where is it uh, no his wheat <laughs> is out in the field but why does he need permission from his dying mother to get his wheat <laughs> he's asking for permission to leave her to die alone oh. so that he can oh. go collect his wheat it's not about it's not about collecting the wheat. It's about hey mom, you're 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 cool you're good, if I right? just if I just leave you here with the doctor. You're cool. So that all of a sudden this is sounding very checkoff. Yeah, <laughs> it feels like a checkoff. It's like yeah. May I go get your wheat? Doctor says I may go. You are going to die. Yes, I will die. Yeah. <laughs> go get your wheat. For the record, she didn't say yes. She said yes with her eyes and her forehead. That's true. Which, what's that look like? <laughs> I just did it. <laughs> this is also good, good audio Very content. Very good audio content. <laughs> if you're a new listener, um, just stop right here and go listen to a different episode. <laughs> <laughs> no. Not at all. This is brilliant. Continue. Uh, yeah. So mom said yes with her eyes and forehead. Apparently she'd be a re really good model because she can say things without words. Uh, but the doctor got angry and stamping his foot, he said, you are no better than a 
brute, do you hear? And I will not allow you to do it, do you understand? And if you must get in your wheat today, go and fetch Rapid's wife and make her look after your mother. I will have it, do you understand me? And if you do not obey me, I will let you die like a dog when you are ill in your turn, do you hear? Holy shit, doctor, he just like laid it down. (laughs) The peasant, a tall, thin fellow with slow movements who was tormented by indecision by his fear of the doctor and his fierce love of saving, hesitated, calculated, and stammered out, Ah, how much does Le Repet charge for attending sick people? Wow, this 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 kid has like some serious issues. Like, this is how not. Much this is what I have to pay. The thing. This is not a kid. This is the son of a ninety-two-year-old woman. So he's in his like sixties or seventies. Probably seventies, <laughs> given when yeah. this story was written. Sixties, if for the time his mama was real old. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Um, (laughs) He just is really not having it. How should I know, the doctor cried. That depends on how long she is needed. Settle it with her, by heaven. But I want her to be here within an hour, do you hear? Okay, so basically this doctor has said, if you hire a babysitter to watch your mom die, you can go. Yeah. (laughs) That's that's got to be the worst job ever. Like, not for like, nothing, but I am charging way more to watch someone's mom die than to watch their kid for an evening. Oh, absolutely. I know that the kid, strictly speaking, is more work that, like... Um, you're going to have to entertain them and you're going to have to, like, clean up their poop and whatnot. But, like... The trauma of watching someone's mom die is way worse than having to play Legos with a toddler and make sure they don't eat the Legos. They're probably Duplos. You don't play Legos with a toddler. That's just asking for trouble. Um, and <laughs> That's asking when, for a trip to the ER. And yeah. when mom dies, there's still going to be poop. You just don't have to clean it up because now she's a corpse. Oh, my God. It's like the opposite of a midwife. Like instead of welcoming someone into the world, it's like being like, "Okay, go collect your wheat. I'll just watch your mom die." Like, I wonder if that was a job. Like it's the, horrible. The anti-midwife. It's like the people that used to paint. Well, you know the people that like painted dead bodies, like back in the Victorian era and stuff. Like those, like you've you've seen those paintings, right? They're yeah. fucking twisted as hell. Yeah. Be like, so clearly someone came in and did that. I mean, maybe that's so midwife brings people into the world and a mid husband watches them leave. <laughs> wow, that says a lot about men. <laughs> Midwives welcome welcome life and men <laughs> say goodbye to it. Gender norms are trash, y'all. That is a fact. <laughs> so the man decided. I I will go for her, he replied. Don't get angry, doctor. And the latter left, calling out as he went, 
Be careful, be very careful, you know, for I do not joke when I am angry. As soon as they were alone, the peasant turned to his mother and said in a resigned voice, I will go and fetch Le Rapet, as the man will have it. Don't worry till I get back. And he went out in his turn. La Rapette was an old washerwoman, watched the dead and the dying of the neighborhood, and then, as soon as she had sewn her customers into that linen cloth for which they would emerge, as soon as she had sewn, fucking job. Yes, Uh, it's probably La Rapé because it's. R-A-P-E-T, not E-T-T-E. So it's probably La Rappe. La Rappe was an old washerwoman, watched the dead and the dying of the neighborhood, and then as soon as she had sewn her customers into that linen cloth from which they would emerge no more, she went and took up her iron to smooth out the linen of the living. Wrinkled. Wait, what? So she's. So she's she's a she washerwoman. Dead people. She she and stitched she them cleans. into like a cloth, and so okay. so what they're saying is like she stitched them into linen because that's how you covered the dead, and then it was yeah. her actual job to wash and to iron wash the linens of the living. That's all of the people. It's, yeah. Okay. Double duty. She's pulling double it's duty. It's just a creepy way of saying it. Yeah. I'm going to wash your laundry till you die, and then I'm going to stitch you into it. And I'm going to it. wrap you in the laundry. <laughs> I'll turn the you circle, into a mummy. The circle of life. And this is how she keeps going. Every time she watches someone die, she just steals a little bit of their time. She's been doing it for mm. millennia. She's a vampire. Wrinkled like a last year's apple, spiteful, envious, avaricious with a phenomenal avarice, bent double as if she had been broken in half across the loins by the constant motion of passing the iron over the linen, one might have said that she had a kind of abnormal and cynical love of a death struggle. She never spoke of anything but of the people she had seen die, of the various kinds of death at which she had been present, and she related with the greatest minuteness details which were always similar, just as a sportsman recounts his luck. When Honoré Bontemps entered her cottage... He found her preparing the starch for the collars of the women villagers, and he said, Good evening. I hope you are pretty well, Mother Rappé. She turned her head round and looked at him and said, As usual, as usual, and you... Oh, uh, as for me, I am as well as I could wish, but my mother is not well. Your mother? Yes, my mother. What is the matter with her? She is going to turn up her toes. That's what's the matter with her. (laughs) Oh, my God. The son is the worst. (laughs) (laughs) Can someone just kill him? (laughs) 
just judging by the way this story is going, I feel like there's a good chance that's what's coming. (laughs) The old woman took her hands out of the water and asked with sudden sympathy, Is she as bad as all that? Uh, The doctor says she will not last till morning. Then she is certainly very bad. Honoré hesitated, for he wanted to make a few preparatory remarks before coming to his proposition. But as he could hit upon nothing, he made up his mind suddenly. Much will you ask to stay with her till the end? You know that I am not rich, and I cannot even afford to keep a servant girl. It is just that which has brought my poor mother to this state. Too much worry and fatigue. She did the work of ten in spite of her ninety-two years. You don't find any made of that stuff nowadays. I mean, your mom's a badass. Like, straight up. (laughs) The fact that she lived to 92 while doing the work of 10 people, I mean, fuck, sit by her side until she's dead, bitch. (laughs) Today she'd still be out there golfing with your grandpa. Yeah, fuck right, yes. (laughs) Le Rappé answered gravely, There are two prices, 40 sous by day, and three francs by night for the rich. Twenty sous by day and forty by night for the others. You shall pay me the twenty and forty. But, the peasant reflected, for he knew his mother well. He knew how tenacious of life, how vigorous and unyielding she was, and she might last another week, in spite of the doctor's opinion. And so he said resolutely, No, I I would rather you would fix a price for the whole time until the end. (laughs) I will take my chance one way or the other. The doctor says she will die very soon. If that happens, so much the better for you and so much the worse for her. But if she holds out till tomorrow or longer, so much the better for her and so much the worse for you. The nurse looked at the man in astonishment, for she had never treated a death as a speculation, and she hesitated, tempted by the idea of the possible gain, but she suspected that he wanted to play on her a trick. I can say nothing until I have seen your mother, she replied. Then come with me and see her. She washed her hands immediately and went with him. They did not speak on the road. She walked with short, hasty steps while he strode on with his long legs as if he were crossing a brook at every step. The cows lying down in the field, overcome by the heat, raised their heads heavily and lowered feebly at the two passers-by, as if to ask them for some green grass. When they got near the house, Honoré Bontemps murmured, Suppose it is all over. 
and his unconscious wish that it might be so showed itself in the sound of his voice. But the old woman was not dead. She was lying on her back on her wretched bed, her hands covered with purple cotton counterpane, horribly thin, knotty hands like the claws of strange animals, like crabs, half closed by rheumatism, fatigue, and the work of nearly a century which she had accomplished. La Rapée went up to the bed and looked at the dying woman, felt her pulse, tapped her on the chest, listened to her breathing, and asked her questions so as to hear her speak, and then, having looked at her for some time, she went out of the room followed by Honoré. Her decided opinion was that the old woman would not last till night. He asked, "'Well?' And the sick nurse replied, "'Well, she may last two days, perhaps three. "'You will have to give me six francs, everything included.' Six francs? Six francs?' he shouted. "'Are you out of your mind? "'I tell you, she cannot last more than five or six hours.' And they disputed angrily for some time. But as the nurse said, the she mom, must go home. The mom's sitting there dying and the, they're like debating how long she's got. No, 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 no. She, oh. she pulled him aside. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah, okay. I thought they were um, just standing above her bed no. and being like, what the fuck? Yeah, no, 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 no. It says she went out of the room followed by Henri. Oh, yeah. I, I missed, I missed the, they left the yep. room. Okay. I was like, fuck, man, that's 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 some cold shit right yeah. there. And they disputed angrily for some time, but as the nurse said she must go home as the time was going by and as his wheat would not come to the farmyard of its own accord, he finally agreed to her terms. Very well, then, that is settled. Six francs, including everything, until the corpse is taken out. And he went away, with long strides, to his wheat, which was lying on the ground under the hot sun, which ripens the grain, while the sick nurse went in again to the house. She had brought some work with her, for she worked without ceasing by the side of the dead and dying, sometimes for herself, sometimes for the family which employed her as a seamstress and paid her rather more in that capacity. Suddenly, she asked... This woman has many skills. This woman has many skills. She's like, she's like, I wash clothes, I fix clothes, I watch your mom die, I like... Like, her resume is just like... Very I mean, confusing. What? Very confusing. <laughs> like, like, how would you market yourself as a... What's on your business card? Yeah. <laughs> like, washerwoman, seamstress, professional death watcher. <laughs> the fuck does like, that mean? Excuse me? <laughs> she also sews um, coffins, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> like, she, like, Mummification. I think I have a new title to add to my website. Oh, good. Death. Death watcher. Death watcher. 
<laughs> that seems unique. It sounds and like something in ha- it sounds intimidating. Like, it sounds like something in Harry Potter. Yeah, Let's it really be real. does. <laughs> like, they, they don't eat you; they just watch you. Like the Death Eaters are one thing, but the Death Watchers—I mean, they're just the voyeurs of the of that that grouping. <laughs> they just like to watch. They like they get really turned on by the Death Eaters sucking people's souls. Oh, out. <laughs> no. oh that's just the worst thing ever. You're welcome. Uh... <laughs> now go watch a Harry Potter movie and see how you feel about that. <laughs> no. No. No, I don't think I, I will. Refuse. I don't think I will. I refuse. Okay, that's fair. I'm not I'm not trying to create new kinks with this podcast. That's not the goal. I mean, to each their own. <laughs> Suddenly she asked, "Have you received the last sacraments, Mother Bontemps?" The old peasant woman shook her head, and La Rappe, who was very devout, got up quickly. Good heavens, is it possible? I will go and fetch the cure. And she rushed off to the parsonage so quickly that the urchins in the street thought some accident had happened when they saw her running. The priest came immediately in his surplice. Surplice? Surplice, a loose white linen vestment varying from hip length to calf length, worn o- over a cassock by clergy and acolytes oh, in the Christian church. So it's like the it's, white the white choir boy dress. It's well, it's the thing you wear like when you do cert- like it's um, yeah, yeah. It's, it's like your it's a robe. Yeah, it's your it's your clergy robe. Like when you're officially priesting or, or, you know, whatever you do. Yeah. <laughs> not not the unofficial priesting, the official priesting. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Which is a great verb. Yep. I priest, you yeah. priest. You priest, we all priest. He priests, <laughs> she priests, they priests. <laughs> I priested last night. I- <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's a crime. <laughs> The priest came immediately in his surplice, preceded by a choir boy. Oh, no. Who rang a bell to announce the passage of the host through the parched and quiet country. Some men who were working at a distance took off their large hats and remained motionless until the white vestment had disappeared behind some farm buildings. The women who were making up the sheaves stood up to make the sign of the cross. The frightened black hens ran away along the ditch until they reached a well-known hole through which they suddenly disappeared, while a foal, which was tied in a meadow, took fright at the sight of the surplice and began to gallop round and round kicking cut every now and then i mean i get pretty freaked out when i see a priest yeah but not for nothing (laughs) if a priest incites the animals to terror maybe you want to look at your church yeah that is real (laughs) the acolyte in his red cassock walked quickly, and the priest, with his head inclined toward one shoulder and his square beretta on his head, followed him, 
muttering some prayers while last of all came la rapée bent almost double as if she wished to prostrate herself as she walked with folded hands as they do in church honore hmm. saw them pass in the distance and he asked where is our priest going <laughs> His man, who was more intelligent, replied, uh, he's taking the sacrament to your mother, of course. (laughs) The peasant was not surprised and said, that may be, and went on with his work. What a fucking asshole. Mother Bontemp confessed, received absolution and communion, and the priest took his departure, leaving the two women alone in the suffocating room while La Rappe began to look at the dying woman and to ask herself whether it could last much longer. The day was on the wane, and gusts of cooler air began to blow, causing the view of Epinol? Epinol? Epinine? the view of eponine causing causing a view of epinol e-p-i-n-a-l e-p-i-n-a-l eponol is a commune in France it's a place oh well it is capitalized uh, eponol is a commune in northeastern France and the capital of Vosges department Inhabitants are known as Spinalians. Spinalians? <laughs> Spinalians, yeah. The day was on the wane, and gusts of cooler air began to blow, causing a view of Epinal, which was fastened to the walls by two pins to flap up and down. Oh, it's a painting. Oh, fastened to the okay, wall by so two like pins a, flapping up and down. So it's, the it's, epinol? It's the, the, the view of epinol. It's like a, a painting or a it's poster a painting of, of epinol. Got it. It's like, it's like when you have like a Vegas poster yes, or a New York exactly. poster, but it's like epinol. <laughs> and apparently it's only been pinned on the top two corners. So when the wind came through, so it, it flaps. flaps around. Yeah. Okay. That's not creepy at all. The scanty window curtains, which had formerly been white but were now yellow and covered with fly specks, looked as if they were going to fly off, as if they were struggling to get away, like the old woman's soul. (laughs) Fuck. Lying motionless with her eyes open, she seemed to await with indifference that death which was so near and which yet delayed its coming. Her short breathing whistled in her constricted throat. It would stop altogether soon, and there would be one woman less in the world. No one would regret her. At nightfall, Honoré returned, and when he went up to the bed and saw that his mother was still alive, he asked, "'How is she?' just as he had done formerly when she had been ailing. And then he sent La Rappe away, saying, "'Tomorrow morning, at five o'clock, without fail.' She replied, "'Tomorrow, at five o'clock.' 
She came at daybreak and found Honoré eating his soup, which he had made himself before going to work. And the sick nurse asked him, Well, is your mother dead? Oh, Jesus Christ. She is rather better, on the contrary, he replied with yep. a sly look out of the corner of his eyes, and he went out. La Rappe, seized with anxiety, went up to the dying woman who remained in the same state, lethargic and impassive, with her eyes open and her hands clutching the counterpane. The nurse perceived that this might go on thus for two days, four days, eight days, and her avaricious Jesus. mind was seized with fear while she was furious at the sly fellow who had tricked her and at the woman who would not die. Jesus Nevertheless, she began to work and waited, looking intently at the wrinkled face of Mother Bontemps. When Honoré returned... She's just staying... You know she's staying alive right now despite her fucking shit-ass son. Yes, and probably this old lady who just is staring at her. Yes. She's like, I'm not gonna die. I'm not gonna do because it. Because he's not, not here. And not for you. <laughs> they were like friends back in the day, and she's like, I'm not gonna die for this bitch. Yeah. <laughs> Nevertheless... She began to work and waited, looking intently at the wrinkled face of Mother Bontemps. When Honoré returned to breakfast, he seemed quite satisfied and even in a bantering humor. He was decidedly getting in his wheat under very favorable circumstances. Okay. La Rappe was becoming exasperated. Every minute now seemed to her so much time and money stolen from her. She felt a mad inclination to take this old woman, this headstrong old fool, this obstinate old wretch, and stop that short, rapid breath which was robbing her of her time and money <coughs> by squeezing her throat a little. Whoa, whoa, whoa. This is some, like, Handmaid's Tale shit. But then she reflected on the danger of doing so, and other thoughts came into her head. So she went up to the bed and said, Have you ever seen the devil? <gasps> Mother Bontemps murmured, No. Then the sick nurse began to talk and tell her tales which were likely to terrify the weak mind of a dying woman. Some minutes before one dies, the devil appears, she said, to all who are in the death throes. He has a broom in his hand, a saucepan on his head, and he utters loud cries. When anybody sees him, all is over, and that person has only a few moments longer to live. She then enumerated all those to whom the devil had appeared that year. Josephine Loisel, Eulalie Rattier, Sophie Padenau, Seraphine I'm so glad you're Grospeed. reading this and not me. <laughs> <laughs> my, my names would be like Sophie Raspine. <laughs> Mother Bontemps, 
who had at last become disturbed in mind, moved about, wrung her hands, and tried to turn her head to look toward the end of the room. Suddenly, La Rappe disappeared at the foot of the bed. She took a sheet out of the cupboard and wrapped herself up in it. She put the iron saucepan on her head so that its three short bent feet rose up like horns, and she took a broom in her right hand and a tin pail in her left, which she threw up suddenly so that it might fall to the ground noisily. When it came down, it certainly made a terrible noise. Then, climbing upon a chair, the nurse lifted up the curtain which hung at the bottom of the bed and showed herself gesticulating and uttering shrill cries into the iron saucepan which covered her face while she menaced the old peasant woman who was nearly dead with her broom. Terrified, with an insane expression on her face, the dying woman made a superhuman effort to get up and escape. She even got her shoulders and chest out of bed. Then she fell back with a deep sigh. All was over, and La Rappe calmly put everything back into its place. The broom into the corner by the cupboard, the sheet inside it, the saucepan on the hearth, the pail on the floor, and the chair against the wall. Then, with professional movements, she closed the dead woman's large eyes, put a plate on the bed, and poured some holy water into it, placing in it a twig of boxwood that had been nailed to the chest of drawers. And kneeling down, she fervently repeated the prayers for the dead, which she knew by heart as a matter of business. And when Honoré returned that evening, he found her praying, and he calculated immediately that she had made twenty sous out of him, for she had only spent three days and one night there, which made five francs altogether, instead of the six which he owed her. <laughs> the end. That, that bitch done killed that woman by pretending she was the devil. Yep. <laughs> That's done fucked up. Just because she wanted to make a little extra money. Because she wanted to win the bet. Yep. That woman's crazy. This right here is commentary on life insurance. Hey! <laughs> yeah. That's fucked up. Like, and this woman's, like, one of her jobs is she does this for, like, lots of people. So, that means she probably does this all the time. Well, except that um, ordinarily, it's a situation where she says, all right, you're going to owe me this much for every day that I spend and this much for every night that I spend. And so, the longer it goes on, the better it is the for her. The more she makes, yeah. But in this case, she quoted a flat rate and realized, uh-oh, if this hap if this goes on one day longer, I start losing money. Yeah. Yeah. So she just wanted to win. She just wanted to win. It was basically a gamble. <laughs> That's so fucked up. Like, 
like I get it. Like you want to get paid for your work and whatnot. But um, I would just start stealing shit out of that guy's house. So like, like I could, you know, still be making money. Um, and uh, all of a sudden, oops, the silver's gone. <laughs> like whatever. It's like, uh, just, you know, it must have just disappeared. Yeah. The, the priest probably took it. The moral of this story <laughs> is... Guy de Maupassant is depressing. I don't think so. You you have very different feelings about him than I do. I think he's pretty funny. Yeah. <laughs> In mean, fairness, it's, it's, I also really don't like Chekhov. So. And I think it's very. Yeah. 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 They are very similar. Yeah. I will say, even though like he's French and Chekhov's uh, Russian, that's sort of like they're about they're about the same time. Yeah, that sort of nineteenth century European humor just uh, really doesn't do much for me. Yeah, I suppose continental European nineteenth century English humor. I'm all on board with some Oscar Wilde. Yeah, I mean he's making commentary like in a similar way, but like. More sillily. Yeah. yeah. Sillily? The, the difference is that his jokes are funny. <laughs> I think they're funny. Like, this this bitch just went over and was like, how much can I pay you to watch my mom die? And she's like, mm. And he's like, how about we bargain? And then she goes, okay. And then she almost doesn't get her way, so she pretends to be the devil. Yeah. I mean, that's some dark-ass motherfucking humor it right is. there. It is. It is. And so... Here it is. This is this is why this is why his stories leave me not feeling amused. It's the same reason I don't like The Office. Oh, well, I've never really watched The Office because I literally seen like two episodes and I just was like, I hate everybody in it. Exactly. So, and I hated so, but, and I hated everybody in this story. I didn't hate the old lady. That woman was a beast. Yeah, but she didn't sing. She didn't have any lines. She didn't do anything. She was hey, she was the there one. There are no good, small. She, hey, there are no small parts. There are only small actors. Fine. Great. <laughs> but as the only likable character in the whole thing. She was the victim. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's fic- It's fiction. It's fiction. So is The Office. <laughs> so is Chekhov. So is Chekhov. <laughs> you know what? To each their own, I guess. So is The Little Match Girl. Like, I don't read Hans Christian Andersen for fun either. It's just depressing <laughs> as hell. Sometimes you got to put a silver lining around a, a gray cloud. Or you could just not write a story based on a gray cloud. I mean, but there are gray clouds in the world. That's what the news is for. Uh, no, the, 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 the news is a, like, fucking thunderstorm. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, there's not much you can laugh at there. There's a lot you could laugh at in that story. <laughs> Clearly, because we did. Clearly, because we did. Ken tends to hate the pick, the stories I pick for him. This is not true <laughs> at all. I just hate depressing stories. <laughs> I don't think it was depressing. I mean, they literally told us in the first line that that woman was going to die. Yeah. It was just like, it, it, I mean, it's like, you knew that was part of the story. She's 92 in the 1800s. Like, that bitch wins. Oh, yeah. She <laughs> led a good life. She wins. She led a good life. She's just surrounded by horrible people who end up gambling on how soon she's going to die. Yep. <laughs> Dear yep. listener, I want to hear from you. What do you think about this story? Comedy or tragedy? Or realism. <laughs> oh, pfft. oh, please. Which is just another word for tragedy. 
Well, yes. <laughs> so let us know <laughs> when you email us, and this this mm-hmm. will be this will be your secret passcode for the week. You will send us a message. Uh, either through our many social media options or the email address, which I listed at the beginning of the episode for new listeners, but you can use even if you're not a new listener, 5050artsproduction at gmail.com. And just in the body of the email, your secret password is when you let us know tragedy or comedy. What do you think? And just say, yeah, was just this, say tragedy or Was comedy. this a tragedy or a comedy? Who do you agree with? Ken or Heather. or Heather, all of a sudden, this is a competition with a goddamn pole. Guess what? Heather runs all the social media. So. I know. It's not looking good for Ken. So, hey, help me out. Please be on my it's side. It's his birthday. Please be on it my side. It is his birthday. So if you disagree with him on that, at least also send him a birthday message. Yes. If you agree with him, send him a birthday message. But, you know. You know, yeah. we're both we're both pretty competitive. I suppose I would also so. I would also accept happy birthday, Ken, as a secret message. Yeah. Happy birthday, Ken, is also a secret message. If you if you don't if you can't decide if it's a comedy or tragedy, because like let's be real, it's both. Um it's a it's a uh, what's it called? A dramedy. Yeah. A dramedy, like it's you know, some it's someone dies in the Which end, is but just there's a like a lot of out. <laughs> <laughs> Ken has no opinions, by the way. Um, but yeah, definitely just send us on any of the social medias or any of our emails or website. Just happy birthday, Ken. Happy birthday, baby. Yeah, because <laughs> I like hearing that. Yeah. Yeah. But I think that's it. I think we we did we did a we did a story. Is that everything you got? That's I mean, yeah, I that's all I got. Cool. Um <laughs> The devil. The devil. That lady was the fucking devil. That lady and that son were the, the devil. Son. But it is it is also like pretty fucked up that a woman who is like paid to like usher people to the next world, like first of all, it's fucked up that someone who has living relatives has like has someone pay them to like so they cannot be there when they die. Yeah. Um so that's fucked up in its own thing. And then like this bitch is like this is taking a long time. Have you ever met the devil? <laughs> Crash boom bam boom boom. <laughs> Literally scare that poor old woman to death. Literally scared her to death. Yep. I'm still not convinced there is something I mean, it is super screwed up about that priest too. Well, yeah, clearly with being coming behind the the choir boy and stuff, yeah, and scaring the crap out of the animals. Well, yeah, the animals are all scared by the priest, which means he's That's probably possessed by the devil. Sign. That's very yeah. Six hundred and sixty-six dollars e. Six six six. Uh, it is. I think this is an appropriate story for uh, spooky season, which we are we are officially in now. Oh so. yeah, happy October. Yeah. Although I guess this is technically our second October release. It's our it's our second October. release. I don't release, know if we acknowledged it last week though. We didn't. We get as we get closer and closer to to actual Halloween. Like it gets spookier. Yes. So this week was spooky. <laughs> it's spooky. And by spooky, I mean humans are scary. Yeah, that's the damn truth. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, so 
I think I'm in Pennsylvania somewhere this week. Next week, I will you- be recording to you from somewhere in New York. So if you are a listener in New York, I'd also love to hear from you. And uh, let's hang out because, <laughs> you know. Hey, the ladies from Wine, Dine, and Storytime are in New Jersey. I'm sure they know. Really? You can go hang out with them. <gasps> Ladies from Wine, Dine, and Storytime, if you're listening, can I come over? That's not even a joke. Straight up. Can I come over? Like, I'll eat. Can I complain? uh, Like, I'll eat, I'll eat dinner and share weird stories. That sounds awesome. That food looks amazing every week. So here's an unofficial promo for Wine, Dine, and Storytime. Go go check out Wine, Dine, and Storytime. They're easy to find. You just Google wine dine and story time story time podcast Um, and they they do some awesome stuff and and tell some great stories and it's a ton of fun but like seriously um ladies if you've made it this far can can i come play (laughs) yeah (laughs) i'm just across the river yeah it's true and i have nothing but time on my hands time is on your side yes it is but it wasn't on that lady's side who died no it wasn't but she did have 92 years worth of time she did have 92 years and then the devil (laughs) um all right so i think that we have strung out this ending just about as long as it's possible to do about as long as we can yeah uh so thank you so much for listening um tell your friends tell your loved ones tell a stranger on the street to listen to us and until next week this has been campfire classics where we try to read those books that look really good on your shelf hey ken hey what Boo! I'm the devil! I'm dead! Oh no!